Yes, it's Rainbow Radio. I bet that I've heard so many of my uh, listeners say, well, you weren't there last week. You weren't there last week. So I'm here. I'm here. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> anyway, it's Rainbow Radio. I'm back. I've a lot of news. Lots happened this week. Some not so great stuff and some really good stuff. So we have lots to cover, first of all. But as I like to always do is give the weather report because after all, some days, that's all we want to know is the weather. Um, and uh, yeah, so here we go. It is 70 degrees. Oh, it's actually it was 65 on my way in this morning. The high will be 70 today. Uh, some clouds this morning will give way to generally uh, sunny skies for the afternoon or high around 70 winds at 10 to 15 miles an hour. That's wonderful. And then if you go through the week, it's sunny all week long until uh thursday it gets a little cloudy but really sunny high 70s into the low 80s uh typical mild wonderful weather here in laguna beach california this time of year so it's in keeping with with the regular program I want to thank our sponsors uh for compass realty for supporting uh kxfm 104.7 and particularly for supporting rainbow radio this morning here um yeah and if you wanted to you can catch this uh radio broadcast live if you uh ever are so inclined on uh zoom or on uh rainbow radio uh, facebook page uh it's uh simulcast so and if it's zoom and you want to zoom in you can zoom in um to find the zoom connectivity uh items it's in some emails i've sent to everyone so you may look back on an old email from rainbow radio and you will see uh the login information for uh facebook which is i mean for um zoom which is nice because if you have a comment or wanted to to mention something that's going on in the community that's of uh importance to the entire community you can do that how about that so um that's my story and i'm sticking to it so a uh, good uh shout out to saturday market which is still going on and will go on i think it goes on all winter doesn't it yeah saturday market go get your fresh fruits and vegetables then nuts a <laughs> little bit of everything there uh now let's i don't know what I, i'm kind of disconnected this morning i'm not sure why i um i will uh, mention there was some very sad news from uh an employee I hired for a local beverage establishment uh, suddenly had a heart attack. Uh, some people may know him, Dave, at what is now Anchor Bar. And unfortunately, we lost him. And unfortunately, it's a sad day here in Laguna Beach. He was, uh, well, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I've known him for, what, five, four years now. And uh, like I said, I hired him there and, and he was an excellent employee and recently had come back to work uh, after COVID and, and it was a very sudden uh, and sad uh, event, I guess. So, and tragic, all those things, but let's uh, remember Dave, there'll be a memorial for him and we'll have more information on that as it becomes available. And anyway, my heart goes out to his family and his many friends here in Laguna Beach. Moving on, let's do on this day in history. I haven't done that for uh, uh, 
least two weeks because I haven't been here for two weeks. So, uh, yeah, I um, let's go back September. Oh, today's the 18th, right? I know a couple of weeks ago I got the date wrong. And yeah, I was, I heard about it. I was corrected, you know, like, can I say was, uh, it's just one of those things. So on this day in history, September 18th, in 1980, the Toronto Board of Education adopted, adopts a policy banning discrimination based on sexual orientation while adding a clause forbidding proselytizing of homosexuality in the schools. How about that? So that's interesting. (laughs) That's 1980. In 1981, uh, the film Mommy Dearest opens, simultaneously glorifying and and condemning gay icon Joan Crawford. In 2003, the bill to repeal Section 28 in the remaining parts, United Kingdom, England, and Wales, and Northern Ireland receives royal assent. Section 28 had already been repealed Within Scotland in 2000, the UK repeal becomes active November 18th. That was in 2003. Moving on to sept- on this day in history, on this day in history, in uh, September uh, 19th, this year would be Sunday, uh, in 1964, organized by activist Randy Wicker, a small group picketed the New York City's Whitehall Street Induction Center. Mm, 64, uh, after uh, the confidentiality of gay men's draft records were violated. This action has been identified as the first gay rights demonstration in the United States. Wow, 64. I, I don't know. There may have been something in California before 1964 where it was a gay demonstration. I wish I could. It's always about uh, New York. <laughs> I love New York, but uh, California needs some credit uh, where credits do occasionally it gets overlooked. In 1970 in Sydney, Australia, Australia, John Ware and uh, Christabel Pohl, founders of the newly formed campaign against moral persecution, Inc., Camp Inc., how clever is that, uh, became the first gay man and first lesbian, respectively, to come out in the country's history when in an interview featuring them is published in the newspaper, The Australian. In 1985, AIDS fundraising becomes a cause for celebrity Mathilda Krim. Grand and very well and very influential dame of the American Foundation for AIDS Research co-hosts the first Hollywood benefit with Elizabeth Taylor, Rod Stewart, Bette Midler, among the attendees. That was in 1985, right in the throes of that horrible, horrible, horrible situation. In 1958, in New York City, uh, lesbians, including Barbara Giddings, hold the first Daughters of Billets New York meeting at its offices in of the Medicine Society of, of New York. The chapter is the first lesbian organization on the East Coast. In 1973, in Houston, Billie Jean King defeats male chauvinist, I remember this, Bobby Riggs in tennis, Battle of the Sexes. <laughs> that was very in, the, in everyone's face there for a while. It was quite a deal. Billie Jean King, uh, as you, if you may not know, if you're younger than, I don't know, 35 or 40, uh, was a tennis player, and she uh, eventually 
uh, came out with her wife and, uh, but Bobby Riggs was a kind of the male chauvinist, uh, person that kind of egged her on and they had this great, uh, Great tennis match. In 1996, in Saudi Arabia, 24 Filipino workers received the first of 50 lashes in their 200-lash sentence for alleged homosexual behavior. Despite protests from Amnesty International, the government goes ahead with a, with a sentence and later deports the workers. So they don't want Filipino workers in uh, Saudi Arabia, especially homosexual ones. In 2011, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the law which, uh, since 1993, has excluded LGBTQ people from serving openly in the U.S. military, expires nine months after it was uh, legislatively repealed. The United States Army is the first branch of the military to announce officially that the exclusionary, po exclusionary policy is over. Thank goodness. I remember them... Uh, different branches of the military uh, um, being interviewed before Congress on the topic. And I was shocked how supportive they were uh, and how they felt that keeping such a discriminatory policy was a detriment to the, um, to the military. It was quite, the, quite different than what the common opinion was at the time. Common opinion was that it was uh, being gay in the military was not acceptable. In 1955, in San Francisco, four lesbian couples, including Phyllis Lyon and Del Martin, found the Daughters of Billets for the first homophile organization exclusively for women. That's in 55. That's a while ago. So that's before New York. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> in 1982, the Oklahoma Supreme Court, Supreme Court awards custody to two boys to their divorced gay father, declaring homosexuality isn't in itself grounds for ruling a parent unfit. How about that? That is in Oklahoma. I'm shocked. <laughs> See, we should, we should be op more open-minded about Oklahoma. Uh, I'm being very, very inappropriate. Sorry, Oklahoma. In 1993, married with children's Amanda Bars talks about being a lesbian in an advocate interview. She is the first primetime television star to come out in 93. And what about Ellen? Hmm. I don't know about the accuracy of this on, day, <laughs> on this day in history. In 1996, United States President Bill Clinton signs the Defense of Marriage Act, DOMA, into law. DOMA allows individual states to refuse to recognize same-sex marriages performed in other jurisdictions and creates federal definitions for the terms marriage and spouse. Thank you, Bill Clinton. In 2010, New York Governor David Patterson signs a bill into law allowing unmarried couples, including same-sex couples, to adopt children. That's 2010. Uh, the new law also replaces the term husband and wife with the gender-neutral married couple. There's progress. That was in New York in 2010. That's cool. So moving on, on to this day in history, on September 22nd, uh, Governor, and this is in, 19, oh, did I read that right? <laughs> 16, 1676. That's a few. That's before me, um, Joe. <laughs> I have a friend named Joe. He always yells at me, Craig, you got a few good years left. Craig, I say. He's so mean to me. 
but I love him. Governor Edmund Andros of New York issues an order extending the or the 1665 sodomy law of New York into what is now Pen our Pennsylvania and Delaware. I wonder what the 1665 sodomy law, hmm, I guess it's anti-sodomy is not allowed, essentially, is what it's saying. Okay, that was in 1676. Um, what, seven... 100 years before we were a nation, or before we declared independence anyway. In 1965, Emmy-winning actor and producer and writer, Scandal, Scandal's Dan Baczynski is born in New York City. In 2002, in Switzerland, voters in uh, the canton of Zurich vote 63% to 37% to give same-sex couples the same legal rights as married opposite-sex couples, 2002, that is. This includes tax, inheritance, and social security benefits. These rights are only given to same-sex couples who live in Zurich, Canton, and who register with the government, promising to live together and support each other for six months. But cool. In 2005, the American Medical Association, the AMA, President Edward Hill, MD, gives a keynote address to delegates of the Gay and Lesbian Medical Association, Association, GLMA, at the organization's annual conference being held in Montreal. In his speech, he acknowledges past unfair treatment of GLMA members and LGBTQ, LGBT physicians by the AMA. Hmm. So uh, in 2005, they recognized their indiscretions in I suppose that's the first step to rectifying those indiscretions. Moving on to September 23rd, on the CBS television series Medical Center, a medical researcher announces, I am a homosexual. Although this condition is portrayed as unfortunate, of course, of course, the program is acclaimed as the first sympathetic treatment of a gay man in an American television drama. In 1998, the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit in Abel versus United States of America rules that the government's preferred uh, reasons for passing don't ask, don't tell, pass rational basis review, reversing the district court. Um, hmm. I guess the district court had said that it was didn't make sense. But then the other, okay, yeah. In 2004, Cal, oh, California, Arnold Schwarzenegger signs SB 1234, a bill that defines the legal term hate crime, which includes LGBT-motivated violence for all state and local agencies, encourages the creation of local law enforcement hate crimes pro protocols, and increases hate crime awareness training among law enforcement officers. That was Schwarzenegger. Boy, did, um, you know, we did have a vote on Gavin Newsom, but boy, there was a strong message about the uh, feelings of the voters in the state of California in that response. So that's, it is what it is. In uh, September 24th, LGBTQ history in 1992, the Kentucky Supreme Court issues its holding in Kentucky versus Wasson. Un invalidating the state sodomy law as unconstitutional. So as early as 1992 in Kentucky, 
they decided that the uh, sodomy law was unconstitutional. I don't know what year in Texas they decided that, but uh, I think it was after 1992. So maybe Kentucky was on the cutting edge. I don't know. In 2004, Nova Scotia becomes the sixth of Canada's providences or territories to have legal same-sex marriage. Neither the federal nor provincial governments opposed a lawsuit filed by three couples, one of whom had already been married in Ontario and sought recognition for their marriage in their home province. Hmm. That concludes on this day in history for this week. And then there'll be another week next one. You know, I want to try something a little different too. That's uh, I'm segueing right on into, <clears throat> I thought, because I watched a really good gay uh, movie on, uh, actually it was on YouTube. But <clears throat> so I went and thought, well, what movies have I been missing? And uh, you might want to take a look at, um, it's called, uh, the best LGBTQ movies on Netflix. It's a, a search I did on Google and it lists them all. And some I had never, I, th I thought, I thought I was on the cutting edge of social information and events and movies and all that good stuff from music to, oh, did anyone see Little Nas X? <laughs> I have to say, Lady Gaga, you, you've got some really stiff competition with, with Little Nas. Little Nass is, uh, I think he's like 23 years old, but he, you know, he's very adult for his age, I feel, and he's very supportive of the gay community and particularly the Trevor Project, which I admire so much. And he's donated some of his fabulous money that he has made with his music to uh, scholarships. I think he gave a $30,000 scholarship that was uh, divided three ways, $10,000 each for three different students in in some college, he was near and dear to him, uh, but he's done a lot more than that. And um, if you ever have, if you have a chance, he's very over the top. Some people might not find uh, him that interesting. I find him very interesting uh, that he's so young and so open about himself. And it's so refreshing to be, see someone who's so honest about themselves and many things. Keep in mind, just three years ago, he was living in a closet, literally, because that's where he all he had the space he had which was at his parents home and sleeping on the couch and living a very um spartan uh, life and pursuing his music and fortunately for him he did have some good music and it sounded very country western and if you don't know the story <laughs> and when the country western fans found out that it was this flaming black homosexual uh, they objected to Billboard magazines placing it in the country western charts, to which Billy Ray Cyrus stood up and said, hey, wait a minute, I'm going to do a, a video and sing with uh, Little Nass, and it'll have to be on the country charts, to which he did. And so Little Nass, it was quite a country crossover. And I think everyone kind of settled down and got out of their, out of their angst over it. And it became kind of a... Uh, I don't know, comedic thing, fun thing. And so Little Nass has ridden the high wave of um, that popularity and been very, um, taken the high road and very respectable and all of that. And um, he now has a new album out that is, I think comes out, well, I think it comes out, oh, I think it comes out yesterday. Ooh, it came out yesterday. 
Um, and he was at the American, or he was at the Met, which is a fundraiser for the Metropolitan uh, Museum of Arts and Culture and Movies and all that. The Met. If you ever watched, uh, if you ever watched um, Love Moonstruck with Nicolas Cage and uh, that very famous, uh, <laughs> what's her name, um, that sings, she's like in the 70s. <laughs> Anyway, with a Moonstruck, that, that, that they are at the Met in several of the scenes in it, the Metropolitan. Anyway, so celebrities are all invited, and they, it's a fundraising event. And so Little Nass was invited because he wants to fundraise and help the Met and help many honorable causes. And he showed up in this outfit, three layers of gold and brocade, and I don't know. It looked like he came out in this huge gold duvet <laughs> and he shed the duvet to have like uh like star wars c3po or yeah c3po the well the tall gold guy that was like the servant was that i get the the mixed up but anyway it, he looked kind of like that very attractive and then he that shed that to another kind of um i don't know what i would call it a clingy athletic workout what <laughs> one piece thingy bob that covered him up quite well but anyway uh, it was it's quite a scene not to not to dismiss a lot of other uh costumes because it was all about art and culture and fashion so with that in mind uh, the participants all kind of um, pushed the envelope very far maybe like <laughs> all the way through a couple post offices and around the block uh <laughs> yeah the envelope so yeah, so if you missed it, you might uh, Google it on um, or look at it on uh, face on uh, YouTube, and uh, it's it's worth a look. It's kind of fun. Anyway, little Nass. I digress. I was going to talk about movies that were were coming up, and so I will real quick here. I just give the names of a few of them that I uh, that I thought were interesting. Um, well, I haven't seen them all. They all sound. There's a new one in, this year called Ride or Die. And it gets a Rotten Tomato rating of 71. So uh, this is the Rotten Tomato. I don't know. There, sometimes I disagree with the Rotten Tomato. How about that? Uh, it's a based on a, um, on the Magus uh, series of uh, the same name, Ryder Tai, stars Kiko Muzahara and Ria Nagasawa, a Japanese woman who discovers her friend is suffering from domestic abuse at the hands of her husband. To prove her love, she murders her spouse. Ooh, the two women, that's, I don't know. Let It Snow 2019 is one that everyone should see. Rotten Tomatoes of 81, and it's uh, two young, lovely young ladies. A high school teacher who's been accepted to Columbia University is nervous to leave her ailing mother alone. That's the part of the premise. And then Duck Butter. Uh, Naomi and Sergio are growing tired of loving connections that simply won't make the grade. Um, an aspiring film actress, Naomi heads out to a gay bar with a, a friend when her, she first meets Sergio. After conversations and flirtation, the two decide to embark on a 24-hour bout of intimacy. Oh, my. Dancing Queens in 2021, oh my, is a modern-day Cinderella story uh, with an LGBTQ twist. How about that? 
Dylan is a 23-year-old young woman from a small island who starts to work as a cleaner in a struggling uh, drag club, but her but harbors a secret. She wishes she could become a dancer. Oh, my. Dancing queens. And then uh, the half of it, it was in 2020, dubbed a loose retelling of uh, Serrano and Borgerac, adjusted to fit the times. Ellie is a shy and loving teenager who is often commissioned by fellow students to do their homework. Mm, I did see that. Yeah, that was good. And that's Rotten Tomatoes of 97. So you got to write, that's called the half of it. The half of it. Um, 97 points and it goes on and on and on and there's like 15 pages of you know you really if you're if you're have a hankering for a movie and you haven't looked around for a while there's so many new ones coming i think i think part of it is that um uh the covet is kind of behind us and people have been percolating with these movies and they're finally able to get uh them into production get them out and released um so we have a kind of a new round. There's one called Holding the Man, starting in 1970s, a fast forward to the 80s and 90s through the film. This Australian romantic drama follows the love story of college students, Tim and John, who decide to run off together. Uh, oh, God. Later, however, both receive the HIV-positive diagnosis and puts their love for one another to the test with riddles. And riddles one man with guilt. Meanwhile, despite staring down death, the pair must deal with loved ones still not being accepting. Oof. That, that, what was the Rotten Tomatoes? That was 81. And straight up in 2019, James Sweeney both created the stars of the independent film about 20-something young man who suffers from OCD and because of his aversion to body fluids has trouble engaging in romantic relations relation ships how many tomatoes on that one 92 so straight up would probably be a good one to see <laughs> boys in the band i did see that it's very disturbing uh it portrays gays as being very and i don't it's not mainstream to me it, 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 i i found it offensive sorry it, very well acted very well done some fantastic uh acting absolutely it's got 81 tomatoes but it kind of um we have to see the whole thing i mean you could get halfway through it and, and, and be really angry where you could see the whole thing and realize that it's all comes kind of full circle let's say i don't want to give it away too much but if well, a lot of people have already seen that seen it in various iterations earlier on the boys in the band but the boys in the band 2020 has some great um actors in it and it's about a bunch of miserable queens being miserable with one another and mean and i don't care for the meanness part of it i guess uh so the next one is your named your name engraved here in and it's not yet reviewed Set in 1988, two young men who have survived martial law in Taiwan discover that they are in love, but they don't act on it for fear of pressure from their respective families and outright homophobia. And Circus of Books. Oh, you got to watch Circus. It's a documentary. 
but it's wonderful. It talks about it's 98, <laughs> 98 rotten tomatoes. So it's right up there, but it, it's, uh, um, it's about a bookstore up in LA that survived for many, many years and was run by a, a straight couple that were, um, I know it, 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 it showed the contradiction of their own life and their lifestyle and the bookstore that, uh, made them so much money and uh but there's a love there's a really good story in it and uh they just in part i don't know if i should give it away but if you well you'll watch it the their son is uh featured in it i'll just say that and um i i i thought hmm wonder about that one anyway uh you have to see the movie the Danish Girl in 2015, 67 Rotten Tomatoes, didn't get very well. Stars Eddie Redemeyer, Alish Van Der Vikander, Ben Wishaw, which I think he is so great, Ben. He was in a very British affair. <laughs> or was it English affair? Uh, that got 85. So I won't go on because there's just so many and I could bore everyone to tears, but it's called the best LGBTQ movies on Netflix. It's by uh, Christine Persaud, P-E-R-S-A-U-D. And it was uh, put out there September 14th, 2021. So it's recent. It's the most uh, recent recap of uh, LGBTQ movies. And it's all over the map on what they are, from documentaries to love stories to foreign films with subtitles to, oh, to all those other things in between. So I'm going to take a short music break here so you, you can uh, relax and maybe get your second cup of coffee. And um, I'll be back after that. Was blown with the breeze, sweet. 
The sun is going to shine through and shine on you, and that's going to happen here in Laguna Beach here on uh, September 18th in the year 2021, Rainbow Radio, KXFM 104.7. I should mention that the Taste of Laguna is coming up. And if you've never experienced it, I've experienced it twice, but uh, it is uh, the restaurants, local restaurants, many uh in the community will be at um, the Festival of the Arts grounds and with a uh, opportunity to sample all kinds of food from all kinds of restaurants. It's, 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 if you love the culinary arts, man, it's the place to be. And they have VIP tickets and they have regular tickets. Although I guess the, <laughs> the VIP tickets are selling uh, um, like two to one uh, and there's not a lot of them left, but if you hurry, you know, anyway, what is it about? It's about food and about music. And it's uh, um, this Chamber of Commerce representing all the restaurants and businesses in the community and the local radio station, which represents the community on many levels, um, including the lovely Rainbow Radio, uh, has an, this annual event. And it's October 14th this year. In food and music, uh, global themes with bites from over 30 restaurants. So it's a, and it's a great afternoon. Uh, you can munch and graze and visit uh, and sample some wine, every, all kinds of wine to all kinds of beverages and food, desserts, entrees, everything. And so it's a banquet of the culinary arts and it's a banquet of music and entertainment uh, that goes on for the whole evening. I'm not sure what time it's over. What's it say there? That hours are not on there. That, but it usually starts early evening, goes to about 11 or so in the uh, late evening. And it's on a Thursday. So that's October 14th coming up. Mark your calendars. Go to uh, the website. Uh, and you can purchase tickets. What is the... I should be a little more versed on I don't see the link for the website. But if you Google... Taste, oh, it is tasteoflagunabeach.com. Tickets are on sale at tasteoflagunabeach.com. All run together, no dots or dashes. So that's that's a that's the place to go. Uh, at general admission, tickets are 85. Day of, they go up to 100. So it pays you to get them in advance. VIP tickets are 150, and the day of are 175. The VIP tickets uh, is an, it's extended. It opens earlier for the VIPs. And um, there's a quite a package involved with it. I don't have that in front of me, but on the ticket uh, website, it explains all the details. So just go to tasteoflagunabeach.com for more details. That, again, is October 14th. So um, other news I had in the LGBT, you know, uh, Laguna Beach Pride recently had their end of summer white party dance. And it was very well attended, and the light show was unbelievable. Uh, and I wanted to, as I'm putting on my hat for Laguna Beach Pride, I want to thank the community for the support that we had there at that event. It was phenomenal. And the people that uh, showed up enjoyed it. I had so many, many nice comments. We had to do it outdoors because we are 
need to be concerned and careful about COVID. So it was outdoors, meaning that we had to wrap it up at 11. So we couldn't go all night, which was fine. So we started at six and went to 11 and it was at seven degrees in the canyon on the upper deck. And you could wander up into the hillside and get a good view of the whole event, which was uh, pretty exciting. And the laser light show. So it was, a, it was very, like I said, very well attended. We had, um, we had some free food and there was adult beverages for certain. And it went on and on and on. And the, again, the comments have been so great. But most importantly, I want to thank the community for supporting the event and supporting Laguna Beach Pride. It's a lot of work and it's a love um, of mine and Jonathan and Michelle, who are we're all on the board, uh, to see uh, Laguna Pride and Laguna Diversity um, represented in a way that's positive and fun. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And so thank you, everyone. Thank you for showing up and supporting uh, diversity and the culture. The, the charity of choice was uh, uh, Radiant Care Centers. And so some of the, every, a dollar of each ticket, actually $2 of each ticket went to, uh, made a contribution to uh, Radiant Healthcare, Radiant Care Centers. And they specialize in the LGBT community's needs. That's all they do. And so if you are in a situation where you need some LGBTQ medical, um, mental health, housing, everything, they cover it all. Uh, Radiant is the where is the place to go. Formerly AIDS Services Foundation uh, is moved into a new title a few years ago. So you may be familiar with it as, as that. But anyway, they're on a whole new path that is uh, seems to have a very, very bright future. And we were very pleased to have them uh, as our charity of choice, as we like to call it, for Laguna Pride. We try to give back to the community as much as possible. So some other events we're thinking about is uh, <laughs> Yappy, not Yappy Hour, but what, we had a name for it, where it's, it's a, 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 an afternoon, say an early afternoon, where you can bring your dog or your pet. Well, I suppose you probably want to bring your parakeet or your cat or something, but you bring your dog. And uh, it's a chance to, for all the people, all the gay parents that seem to have dogs, there just is an abundance of them in that category. So that's an event we're working on a location. Uh, it needs probably some lawn because there's dogs involved. And, you know, sometimes dogs have to, uh, you know, nature intervenes and they have to take care of themselves. So, it, and it's an outdoor event, which is, is good. Um, and it should be a social, it's a dog socialization and um, it's not new. I have to say, we've kind of plagiar, plagiarized the idea a bit. The Ritz-Carlton in Dana Point has um, what they call Yappy Hour and it's on their South Lawn and they serve appetizers and adult beverages and it's very well attended. I think it's once a month they do it. And I, I don't think, know that they do it in the winter, but and it's so it's outdoors and everyone brings their dog and the adults visit and have a fabulous time and the dogs visit and I suppose have a great time as well but I think it's a great so that's one thing I go on I'm going on way too much on that topic but that's one thing we're considering so if you think that's a good idea go to 
Laguna Beach Pride's website and leave a message uh, or leave a message on any type of events. We understand that some fire rings have been brought back to uh, Aliso Creek um, Beach. And so we may have a bonfire party again that we had uh, uh, fairly recently. We're so popular and it's in the evening and goes till 10 o'clock because they close the park at 10 o'clock or the beach at 10 o'clock. So that's another one we're doing and uh, maybe a drag show location. We're looking at that. So we're here year round, Laguna Beach Pride. I'm, I'm sounds like a, a 15 minute advertisement for Laguna Beach Pride. So maybe I better move on. Um, let's get into the news here. I, I, the, I found two articles about the same, on, kind of on the same topic, but from a different slant, both from Altura, A-L-T-U-R-I, which is a website that has uh, lots of news about the world. So I, Spain is, is the one. Spain uh, searches for answers after a string of homophobic attacks. Who would have thought Spain? Isn't that where Christopher Columbus went to see, saw the queen and got money so the, for the, his uh, 1492 sailing the ocean blue? Yeah, I think so. And it, it wasn't because Columbus was, you know, Columbus was on a mission to get to the spices of the, of, uh, the Asian continent uh, from across the, <laughs> the Pacific. And um, anyway, it was a money a money gamble for four months. So this is what's going on in Spain. And this was in the Irish times on the 10th of this month, more than four decades after Spain laws have made homosexuality illegal. Uh, and 16 years after becoming a pioneer for the introduction of same sex marriage, a surge in hate crimes has instilled fear in the LGBT community. The issue has been pushed to the fore by uh, a brutal killing on July 24th of a 24-year-old man, Samuel Lewis, Louise, L-U-I-Z, who died in hospital after being attacked by a mob outside a nightclub in the southwestern city of Acrofua. Crufua. Acrofua. That's a, it's an unusual name. An interior ministry has since reported that hate crimes motivated by sexual orientation increased by 43% during the first of la half of this year compared to 2020. Although crimes were low overall last year due to the pandemic, hate crimes rates dipped relatively little. Uh, you know, we now think twice about holding your partner's hand when you're in certain streets and public spaces, says Ronnie de la Cruz, a spokesman for the Madrid-based organization C-O-G-A-M, which promotes uh, LGBTQ rights. Not very long ago, you didn't even worry about a, that a demonstration against homophobia is scheduled for Saturday in Madrid. Another was held on Wednesday. I don't come out of the closet in order to get put in a coffin, said one of the protests banners. The leftist coalition government has responded by creating a commission charge withdrawing up strategy to counter hate crimes after this first meeting on Friday. It agreed to take steps to battle the problem with the country's police forces. So we'll move on now on. Uh, on that same topic, Spain's prime minister to convene hate crime commission after suspected homophobic assault. The prime minister, Pedro Sanchez, will, fare, uh, will chair a 
on Friday, an urgent meeting of Spain's Commission Against Hate Crimes amid an uproar over suspected homophobic assault on a 20-year-old Spaniard in central Madrid. The young man was returning home on Sunday afternoon when eight people wearing hoods managed to surround him in his building's hallway and verbally abused him while threatening him with a knife, police said. The attackers carved homophobic slur on, in, with a knife on his buttocks. He also suffered a cut to his lower lip. The source added the hate crimes must receive the highest social and political condemnation. Government spokesman Isabel Rodriguez said on Tuesday, adding Sanchez will hold the meeting later this week. Homophobic attacks have been brought to the spotlight in Spain in the past few weeks after a man was beaten to death in July in the northwestern region, Gallic Galicia, allegedly because of his sexual orientation, causing mass protests across the country. Rodriguez asked Parliament to accelerate a new bill on equal treatment and non-discrimination, which she said would address this kind of violence. Police said that they were reviewing surveillance cameras near the young man's home, searching for leads and witnesses to Sunday's assault, but the investigation was starting. LGBT groups uh, have called a protest in Madrid next Saturday against a wave of attacks on LGBTQ people. Madrid's lesbian, gay, transsexual, bisexual collective asked the political action assault after well, after the assault, which they labeled savage, absolutely savage. Hmm. So let's get on to some good news here. <laughs> okay, draft of Cuba's new family code opens door for gay marriage in Cuba. <laughs> a draft of a newly a new family code for Cuba released Wednesday proposes allowing same-sex couples to marry and adopt as well as giving children greater participation in discussions that affect them. Uh, the preliminary draft, which must be approved by Cuba's parliament, then goes to a grassroots uh, plebiscite. I don't know what that would be. Comes almost three years after the island's communist government backed away from enshrining uh, gay marriage protections in its new construction in the face of opposition of evangelical groups of why they objected to the constitutional proposal to eliminate the description of marriage as a union between a man and a woman. Those religious things get in the way all the time and change it to a union of two people with absolutely equal rights and obligations. We consider this version to be consistent with the constitutional text and develop and update the various legal family institutions in correspondence with the humanistic nature of our social process. Justice Minister Oscar Silveira Martinez said in announcing the draft, evangelical groups, however, are expected to object, of course, to the change in the family code draft. Both Martinez and Yamil Gonzalez Ferrer, vice president of the National Union of Jurists of Cuba, emphasized that the proposed family code is much broader than an authorization of same-sex marriage. It protects all expressions of family diversity and the right of each person to establish a family and coherence with the constitutional principles of plurality, inclusion, and human dignity, Gonzalez said. So I hope it works out for Cuba. They've it's an interesting study in um, political culture, Cuba, now on their second or third generation of uh, communism, and um, there's no 
I guess I say that once it's a second or third generation away from where it was, all real history fades away. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's just the way it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I am about to wrap this up. I see if there's any other one last news item. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. Arbosexuality. Have you heard of abrosexuality? Abro. Abrosexuality. We ask abrosexual people to explain the new word. The LGBT. QIA plus community is vast. It includes a plus sign for reasons. Identities, identities have never been represented or celebrated before are now making their way into the cultural conversation. More and more diversified identities have surfaced throughout time and better aid queer individuals to have accurate representation. Terms like dismissexual, asexual, pansexual, to name a few, has positive, have positively expanded sexual and romantic identity and yet are not celebrated in the mainstream. One of those underrepresented is abrosexuality. Here's everything you need to know. What is abrosexuality? Abrosexuality is a term used to define an individual's sexual sexuality as fluid or often in flux. This meaning is derived from the namesake of the Greek word arbo, derived from the ancient Greek word and translating to delicate. The term has come to symbolize the constant flow of movement and change in arbosexual, abrosexual people. I keep wanting to put an arbo, it's A-B-R, so it's abrosexual people. The core of, uh, of the identity is that the person's sexuality changes throughout their life. For example, an abrosexual individual may be sexually or romantically attracted to men for a period of time and then perhaps not some weeks later. The intensity of that attraction also varies. It is important to note that there are, uh, is no one definitive timeline to which these changes occur. This flux of attraction could change over days, weeks, months, or even years for some abrosexual people. It really just depends on the person. The actual attractions also vary from person to person. Gay Times writes that some may be fluid between all or vast, a vast number of different sexualities. And for others, it might be, there might not be so many. For example, one individual may be fluctuate between gay, pansexual, and asexual, while another can fluctuate between all of them. Also, the intensity of the attraction or the way someone feels attraction could change too. So, okay, I'm abrosexual. I think that's, that's what the, the people are going to say now when, they, when, when they're really gay and they don't want, and, and they always say, well, I'm just kind of bisexual. Well, now they'll say they're abrosexual. That's what, that's what I think. Anyway, I got to sign off here. This is Craig on Rainbow Radio. Thank you for joining me. I'm still working on a guest. I have someone in mind. I've actually reached out to him. I'm begging and pleading. So it may happen, folks. And until then, until next Saturday at 9 a.m., thank you for tuning in for Craig on Rainbow Radio. I see Adam May is warming up here with a neighboring radio, neighborhood radio. What are you, what's your title? Neighborhood radio? Radio neighboring. Oh, radio, radio neighboring. <laughs> I guess across the airwaves. It's all wonderful and it's all good. Let me get some music going and you'll hear Adam May in just a few short seconds.